Blog Talk Radio. Carol the Coach. Sex, love, and relationships. We talk about it here. Carol the Coach. Compassion with contemporary relevance. I am a psychotherapist. I can be your personal life coach and I can help you with your issues. There are no problems too small or too big. You can talk about anything. Speaker, columnist, radio TV host, and commentator. Carol the Coach brings messages of wellness and empowerment within reach of everyday people every day. Almost five years ago, I lost my soulmate in an accident. He was killed in a plane crash. Life just for me has seemed to stop. There are groups all over the city. I mean, I teach one. It is a specific way to start thinking so that you shift how you see the world, which then shifts your energy, and then you feel better and you actually see things differently. Carol the Coach, always available to at carolthecoach.com. Now, I've got Russell on the line. I'm 47 years old. I'm a truck driver. I am married. I have a wife in San Francisco. Okay. I haven't been home in six months. My thing is, I, I don't know if I have a sex addiction or what the problem is. Why do I want what I can't have? And as soon as I can have it, I don't want it anymore. You're right on target when you say, I don't know if I have a sexual addiction. Well, guess what? Yes, you do. And you know what? That's my specialty, Russell. So you're at the right place. Continue. I meet women online and, and I'm in a different part of the country. I, I travel all 48 states, so I love sex. I hear self-esteem issues. You never felt good enough and you didn't feel like you were getting what you should have then and you're re- Reenacting that now. Do you want to change that about yourself? Oh, yes. Do you want to change? Contemplation is the big question for anybody who is unhappy with their life. Now, if you're an addict, you know, you may know that it is time to make that change. Your life doesn't feel full because you're leading a double life a dual life. And, you know, that can tend to happen in any situation under any circumstance. You know, if I'm working with a man and he has started probing the perimeter, so to speak, and looking at ads that are not pornographic, but they're not healthy, he's not telling anybody. He's not telling a sponsor. That's a dual or a double life. If he's in relationship with someone and he's viewing movies that he shouldn't watch and he knows he shouldn't watch them because he does get stimulated and he does um, fantasize about how he can take care of himself, that's not a positive thing if it goes against his own internal values not to masturbate. So, you get the jest. If you're an addict and you're not talking about your behaviors for fear of disapproval, that means you need to go straight to your meeting and your sponsor or your mentor and get honest, get real. That will stop the cycle of acting out that is happening, and that will get worse. Hi, I'm Carol Jurgensen-Sheep, and I am here with you today to talk about a special workshop that, um, for men, 
that is out of Kansas City. And so, so many men struggle with attachment wounds and trauma and sexual brokenness. And they're doing some good work. But they really want to do the deep dive into understanding themselves better. That would greatly be benefited if you did an intensive. And the My House Workshop, which is a three-day intensive, is exactly um, that kind of opportunity to do that deep dive. And, you know, I really think that's important. Just like if you're a professional and you want to know more about how to work with couples or learn to help them heal model, you can go to my website, www.sexhelpwithcarolthecoach, and that turns into help them heal. You know, that's my new thing. Um, I've dedicated myself to working with couples. Do I still see sex addicts? Oh, absolutely. Do I still see partners exclusively? And if they aren't wanting to work on their relationship or if they've already left their relationship, do I help them? Of course I do. Do you hear my trash man in the background? Ay, ay, ay. Supposed to have been here at 9 o'clock this morning. <laughs> but, you know, it's not a third world problem, is it? No, now, you remember I was talking to you um, last week about wanting to make this podcast as accessible and available as possible, and what could I do to make it better? I'm still mulling over what that is, but I do really cherish the time that we get to, to talk together. Whether you're a guest, you know, I've had partners and addicts on talking about how they cope. I just had a man finish for me um, a video on how he has lived with, without sex for six years while his wife heals. I mean, there are so many people in our lives that are inspirational, that have a story. And that's what I love most is what's the story behind the man, the woman, the couple, the program, you know, how do things get started? How do we use barriers and problems as opportunities to grow? That being said, I'm a big believer in changing internal locuses of control. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, the truth is that you've got these external locus of control. Those are the things that you can't necessarily change. You just have to figure out how to cope with. And then the internal locus of control. And those are things that you can change. You can absolutely positively change the way you look at things. Because when you look at things differently, they actually change. And you have a lot of power to do that. I'm promising you that you can change your life by taking a look at how you think about life. Let me give you an example. 
as I look at coping statements, you know, philosophical coping statements that take your life to the next level. Some of my favorites are the following. It's time to take care of you. Let go and let God. That's one. Don't have a healthy family? Create a family of choice. Don't do real well with shame? Spray yourself with Teflon and let go. Don't think you can do something? Act as if and fake it till you make it. Don't think you can wait the 18 months that it may take her to heal? Just look at it as one day at a time. These coping statements change your internal locus of control. So when somebody comes in and they say to me, you know, I can't do this. And I say, let's break it down into chunkable steps and let's look at an attitudinal change that will fortify your ability to do exactly what you need to do. You know, one of the things I love about CSATs is so many of them are in recovery. And so they've taken their addiction and they've done that 12th step and they decide they want to get healthy. So, of course, they practice good recovery for a long time. And then they go back and get their certification to help other men from a clinical standpoint. And I have worked with people who not only went back to get their CSAT, they had to go back to school to get their bachelor's and their master's. So I'm going to challenge you to think of those five statements that I made. It's time to take care of you, let go and let God. Don't have a healthy family, create a family of choice. Have a lot of shame, spray yourself with Teflon and let go. Don't think you can do it. Fake it till you make it and act as if. And lastly, feel like you don't have that much time to get some of these things accomplished. Well, take it one day at a time. And email me at carolcarolthecoach.com and let me know how that statement may have changed your internal locus of control and how you look at life. So I am so happy today to be talking with Michael. Now, he's going to have to share with me how do you say his last name because it looks like Siakio. Let's talk with him right now. He's going to talk about this intensive and a place he really believes in, the Center for Healing. Uh, They do a lot of great work with attachment issues, trauma, and sexual brokenness. So, Michael, welcome to Sex Help with Carol the Coach. Are you there, Michael? <laughs> oh, there he is. Are you there? I'm here. <laughs> yes. Sorry Did about that. On... <laughs> Did you have me on mute? Yes, I think I did. Or it said unmute or mute or something. Can you hear me all right? I can hear you just fine. Hey, tell, tell our listening audience, how do you say your last name? Yes, so it's Chacho. So my parents pronounce it the way you said it, Siasio. Uh, my great-grandfather Americanized it when he came 
from Sicily in the early 1900s, but I, I brought it back to Chacho because I studied Italian and French, and so it just yeah, it just needs to be Chacho, you know. Yeah, I like that, and I actually think that's easier to say. So, Michael Chacho, welcome that's to it. Sex Help with Carol the Coach. Yeah, yeah thanks so much and, for having me. I I've, I've heard a lot about you through um, through Sash and. And uh, through, um, well, we've recommended a lot of our clients to the help her heal. And, and I just found out that one of my counselors is going to be doing your, your training in September. And so he's looking forward to that. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Yeah. I'm, I'm helping professionals yeah. on four hour help them heal book study. Mm-hmm. And then I'm also doing that early recovery couples empathy model. So that's in September, and I'm excited to be working with one of your colleagues because you've got an incredible staff at the center yeah, for healing. We do. Don't... Yeah. Yeah. Would you, yeah, I would, would say you it's, it's an all-star team. An all-star team. Well, <laughs> what's, the, what's the story behind how that got started? Yeah, sure. So, um yeah, I went to Avila, finished at Avila University here in Kansas City and, and started my internship at Ozanam Home for Boys and Girls, a, a residential facility for teenage kids. And they have a program there. It's, it's really unique. Um, I'm sure there's others in the, in the nation, but it's called the Courage Program, and it's for um, teenage boys who have uh, offending behaviors, who have maybe offended on you know, a cousin, or typically it's within the family uh, with, that, with that type of behavior or a or a younger sibling or something like that. And, and so I noticed that um, there wasn't a lot of assessment in regards to history of pornography or, um, or an exposure to pornography. You know, it, it was hit on by the therapist there and, and halfway talked about. Um, and so that's part of the story. And then um, I, was, uh, I, went to a, I went to a meeting with some professionals uh, one day and, um, and I'm Catholic and, and was connecting with some of, the, some of the Christians and the Catholics there. And one guy is the director of family life for, uh, for the diocese here. I'm in Kansas City, St. Joseph. And, and he said, you know, um, have you heard of the SAT-P? And so that's the Sexual Addiction Treatment Program at Mid-America, Nazarene. And mm-hmm. I had never heard of it. And, and he said, well, we, we just did a study in the diocese and – um, the number one issue coming through the confessional and coming through uh, through priests and 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 other folks in ministry is pornography, and uh, wives are being betrayed. There's affairs going on. You know, this is just the number one issue, and we we need somebody to set up shop who um, has strong values and is able to uh, take on this clientele and start working with this population. And so. Um, so yeah, I I went through it in 2012, finished in 13, the SAT P, and then uh, opened up a opened up a small practice at the time while I was working at O's and Am. And then a side note, I I got married at the time, and um, Carol, I had five kids within a year and ten months. You want to know how that happened? <laughs> I would like to know how that happened. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, I had step boys um, coming into the marriage, and those were they were twins, and then we had twins right off the bat, and then we had a single like 14 months after that, and so uh, so let's just say working at a residential facility wasn't quite cutting it. 
And so, uh, so yeah. Uh, you had exhaustion. <laughs> yes, I was. I was. Did you say I had to be exhausted? Yeah, exhausted. And also, I would think, having worked at a residential treatment center myself, yeah. you know, you don't mm-hmm. make greatest money there. You just don't. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, yeah, my supervisor had a great idea of, of um, me putting my shingle online, if you would. And so I mm-hmm. put it on catholictherapist.com, and it just really exploded. So all these things kind of converging for me with with Ozanam and then with this director of family life and the diocese and the SAP. And, and so, um, so I set up shop um, actually in the chancery and just plugged into all these different ministries and even a bishop there and, and just really good people who just started referring to me over and over again. And I filled up within like three months, I had 20 clients a week and, and uh, working mostly with, with sexual addiction and, and the betrayed partners as well. Um, and then, yeah, in 2016, you know, I, I do have a business mind as like, hey, all these referrals coming in, you know, hey, I, you know, I don't, I don't want to just refer them out. I want to build a team here. And so, um, yeah, Chris came on board 2016, and then four other therapists. And and so, yeah, we have we have so there's six of us all together and at the center right now, and and it is just uh, it's rocking, I would say. Well, that's a great story. Now, you're an example of somebody who saw a need and it just kind of synchronized that the need was identified at the same time that you saw it. And and you've gotten a lot of training. Uh, What Mm -hmm. would you say is a a, a typical phone call that you get when somebody's Mm -hmm. looking for services, uh, especially Mm -hmm. if they're they're looking for that workshop that you're running? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, a lot of times there's kind of three angles with that. One is the client who calls with just um, symptoms, you know, just panic attacks or I can't sleep or, um, you know, depression or, you know, I just got fired from my job. And and so all these like surface, I don't know about surface level, there's just these uh, symptoms going on. They can't quite figure out what's going on with that. And so, you know, we do – at the center, we have a three-pronged approach with looking at, like, attachment wounds, trauma, and um, sexual brokenness. And, you know, it's kind of like moth to the flame with the Center for Healing. Like, the, these clients come in, and, and once we start getting under the anxiety, under the sleep issues, under, you know, dysfunctional relational patterns, um, those three prongs just really start to come out uh, with our clients. And so... And so that's the first wave of, of clients that call. And then, you know, I've been really impressed with men in, in general. Uh, it, it just We do have a lot of guys, husbands and guys in their 20s who just make the call and they're like, yeah, I'm, I've, you know, I'm going through sexual addiction. I'm suffering from sexual addiction and I just, I need help. I've, you know, I've had your card in my pocket for two years and I just, I got to, I got to get help now. And so just really seeing the first step with them and just seeing they're powerless and, and they just can't manage it anymore. You know, um, the third one I would say is the betrayed wife. Um, she's calling and just, just really upset or kind of frantic or wondering if, if something's wrong with her, if this is all her fault with her husband having had an affair or 
Maybe it's her fiance who she just caught looking at pornography or, or whatever the betrayal trauma is going on there. And, and so there's a lot of triage to be done there to help her, um, especially if she spiritualized it. Like, you know, I just anger is a sin or I, you know, I gotta, I gotta forgive her or forgive him right away. Um, you know, just really speaking to that and, and letting her know she can be angry, letting her know about boundaries, you know, and, and then getting her uh, eventually into the office to start to, to do some good work with her. And then that's where the workshop comes into play too, saying, hey, you know, this is a time where you can be assertive with your husband to, to work towards, the, you know, the marriage that you desire, the marriage that you want. And, and so, you know, get in a healthy way, give him a little push to, to come to this workshop. And, and I tell you, probably, probably six out of ten calls, six out of 10 clients who come on the workshop. Um, it's, it's from the, some good solid wives or partners, giving them, giving the guys a push. So. Well, yeah. And you know, I see that in almost every um, example mm-hmm. of intervention, you know, it's the wife yeah. that calls mm-hmm. says my husband needs, or my husband mm-hmm. needs a cease. Um, mm-hmm. And she's not necessarily, thinking about herself she's worried about him yeah. and I'll tell yeah. you I, I say in the help them heal book that that mm-hmm. is my in to say hey I want to see both of you together for that first session yeah. now, mm-hmm. you don't mm-hmm. have the luxury of doing that if you are compiling people for specific programming do you right yeah we well, we don't, but then I'll, you know, I'll tell the wife um, to, we do have some great groups here in Kansas City and, and referring her to some of those uh, typically closed 12-week group um, to get her plugged in. And then also just tell her, hey, start some work with one of my, um, one of my therapists here at the center, you know, and so, and then, and then to see, um, to see them start to do their own work separately for a little while, then to come back together um, along with having a couple therapists uh, can be, can just be really good work for them. Oh, I bet. Now, yeah. obviously you speak about sexual brokenness and you do that around a lot of different areas. I mean, you understand that, Oftentimes, men have really disruptive, severe attachment issues because of their childhood. And and will you tell me, when you helped to put together the My House workshop, was it because of their wounding as a child that led you to that very specialized intensive? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, That is that is a piece that's, that's uh let's see where do i start with that one um you know maybe the story with the with the my house workshop how it came together um because um dr todd bowman and i sat down at a start dr todd bowman helps run it and he's actually the the curriculum creator behind it and um and had been pretty close to dr mark laser um god rest his soul who has passed away um and do you know some of the, I assume you know Laser, do you know some of these names I'm talking about, Dr. Todd Bowman as well? Yeah, they're very famous in the field, but let our listening audience know 
how would they recognize both of those names? Yeah. Um, through Dr. Mark Laser's Faithful and True Ministries uh, in Minnesota. And Dr. Ah. Todd Bowman, um, he teaches, he teaches, well, you wouldn't, I mean, he does clinical therapy, like he meets with clients one-on-one, and he does a lot of teaching and talks in the Kansas City area. And then he also runs the My House Workshop uh, as well. And so, and so, yeah, back in 2016, he and I sat down. Um, I wanted to do some teaching for the SAP, but he flipped his um, iPad towards me and said, actually, we need to put this into place. And he had the whole curriculum for the My House Workshop. And September, 9, September of uh, 2016, we had our first cohort, and uh, we had seven men on it. And along with Father Sean Kilcally, who's, um, who is a, a PSAP, um, that's how you pronounce it, correct? PSAP? Exactly, exactly. Right, okay. And, and then Sam Meyer as well. Um, they're all CSATs now or PSATs, and I'm a SATP. Um, and so, yeah, we fired it up, and we've been having um, – we run about three to four every single year since 2017, I guess. And, um, and so it's been – can you go back to the original question with that? Yeah. Well, I just wondered how would people know Dr. Bowman and then also Mm -hmm. Mark Lake? So that was Mm -hmm. my question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, the workshop is definitely based off of the Faithful and True workshops that go on in Minnesota. Um, And then ours is particularly Catholic Christian. Um, I know the, the ones in Faithful and True in Minnesota are also are also Christian. And so, um, yeah, we, you know, the workshop, it's, it's everything from psychoeducation and some lectures um, to the integration of spirituality and, and the faith into, uh, into recovery. Um, and then a lot of experiential group work um, with, you know, I don't want to give too much away, <laughs> but on Thursday mm-hmm. there's some group work. Uh, Friday all day is group work. Um, with a with a fun event that comes on Friday night for the guys, and then um, Saturday morning, ours is pretty unique where we do a half day on betrayal trauma, and really help help the husbands, partners, fiancés understand um, what their what their partner has been through, um, what what this is causing them, and to really help them start to take responsibility and to understand dynamics such as you know, gaslighting or, um, you know, blaming or minimizing or their denial and, uh, and the impact that that has had on their partner. And so um, it's been that part of the day, <laughs> the, uh, it, it can be really difficult to face, uh, but then we create a plan later in the day on, okay, how are you going to enter back into the real world? How are you going to, how are you going to approach this with your with your partner? How are you going to move forward with the, with the tools? How are you going to get into group? And so there is a really practical piece to it uh, that we integrate. Absolutely. And so what I love, it sounds like you hit it from all perspectives. Um, The fact that there's a big partner betrayal aspect to it, It, you know, the need to know how they, navigate that not only what happened to her but also what they can do to make her feel safe again and i love that you put that in 
love that you have to stop things so that they can actually physicalize what's happened to them, what they want in their life. I mean, not just sitting around talking. It's a very active workshop, isn't it? Yeah, it definitely is. And, you know, I remember a question you had asked earlier that, you know, is there underlying trauma and that, that was, um, that, that is the foundational piece of this. A lot of guys come in thinking like, well, you're basically going to tell us not to do this anymore and shame us and make us feel like crap. And then, you know, then you'll send us on our way. But <laughs> there's, um, there's a lot of mercy that, that the guys come in and receive and unpacking their story and working through and identifying. Sometimes it's the first time with them identifying traumas. And, you know, what we've been surprised by is the difference between, well, that actually what we've seen, I would love to do research with this. Dr. Belvin and I should be, I guess, taking more stats if you would, but um, can you remind me, is it a classic sexual addiction? And then is it contemporary? Is more like the modern Mm -hmm. one, right? Okay. Right. We've seen even, yeah, we've seen even with contemporaries, like guys in their 20s or maybe 30s, that they have very similar um, attachment wounds, um, you know, trauma dynamics, um, neglect, their, you know, family dysfunction. They're just, it's not, a lot of these guys coming in, it's not like, hey, 15, I was 15, you know, was given an iPod or an iPad or phone or whatever it is, uh, and then all of a sudden I got addicted, but I still had an amazing family. Um, actually, no, we're seeing that um, it's just uh, it's just even escalated the issues more with giving a kid a phone at 10, and the family of origin issues are, are still there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good point, good point. Now, let me ask you, you obviously said uh, – from Center of Healing and and this workshop, you're really working with any any sex addict, but you mm-hmm. have a special bench for Catholicism and um, Christianity anyway. So tell us yeah. about the spiritual component in this intensive. Yeah, sure. Yeah, we and we've had guys from all walks of faith on it. Um, yeah, Catholics, Christians, even some guys who aren't Christian who are just questioning, kind of agnostic and wanting to, to look into all right, what is spirituality and recovery or what how does religion fit into recovery. And so, um, you know, with the words vulnerability and shame, you know, those have been really <laughs> powerful words the last 10, what, 20 years maybe in, in the psychology field and and within the faith, that's something that's been, been talked like that's part of like a prayer life is that the first step in, in AA work is, you know, I just, I'm powerless and I can't manage my life and, and I need, I need a higher power. I need God, um, something greater, someone greater than me to, to help me, to, um, to be there for me, to love me. And so um, a lot of guys will come in. It's, it is fascinating when it first starts out and the guys are thinking, okay, there's a priest on this workshop. Like, you know, I was, I was catechized by, you know, St. Mary of the disgruntled heart of Jesus back when I was a kid. You know, some of the guys are 50s plus and were taught by nuns, you know. And not to give nuns a bad rap, there are a lot of good nuns out there, but some of them get, you know, were, were really hard on them and said, hey, the, the more you sin, the more you keep hurting hurting Jesus. So they're coming in expecting 
you know, the, the shame approach. Um, but this story, um, I think, really encapsulates what, what the Myos Workshop is about. Father Sean saw a, um, a 12-year-old boy um, a couple, several years ago for, uh, for spiritual direction because he had been caught by his parents looking at pornography. Actually, he wasn't caught. Actually, this boy um, saw pornography and then went to his parents and talked to him about it. And so there had to be something good going on in the family system that, that he was so uh, open to his parents about it. And so the dad went in for spiritual direction with, uh, with the son, and the, the three of them are sitting in there. And father asked him, you know, hey, so how did you find pornography? And he said, you know, I was, I was on the bus, and someone told me about it. I went home. I you know, sought out Minecraft, and then there was Minecraft pornography, and then it got into videos, et cetera. And, and so then father asked him, okay, I mean, that's, all normal, pretty typical way of how you know young boys are finding it now, and then tells him um, or asks him, "How did it make you feel?" And the boy kind of squirmed then, but said, "Well, I, it kind of felt good, but also I, I felt bad, like I, I had to stop and I was sinning." And and fathers again normalize it, like, "Okay, all normal. That's that, that makes sense." And then then he asks him, um, <laughs> "What would Jesus do if he was there?" And the boy's like, oh, father, like, I, I can't think of that. Like, he'd probably wag his finger at me and, and just maybe walk out of the room or he'd be angry at me. And, and then father creates this great visual of, no, 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 actually, he would just push your device away and he'd be angry at pornography. But then he would turn the boy towards himself and just give him a big hug and say, I'm sorry this happened to you. This shouldn't have happened to you. And I will always love you. And I will never abandon you. And just over and over again. So he can, you know, re-encounter this father, this God, this higher power who's, who's great in mercy and, and rich in love. And so um, that's, that's a story that really encapsulates the workshop where we... Um, we allow guys to be where they're at in their spirituality and, and, but also to see that, okay, God, like this wasn't your fault when you go back. Now it's your responsibility to find recovery and to find healing and to take care of your partner and help her heal. Right. But it's, um, this wasn't your fault. And God wants to go to that place and, and restore you and love you right in there. And so that's, that's a, I think, just a powerful story with, uh, with the integration with, with religion and spirituality. Well, and I love that because there is so much shame, and that was a beautiful depiction yeah. of mm-hmm. how that intervention reminds mm-hmm. the men that are doing their work that, you know, they are so special regardless of what yeah. they've done in their past. And, yeah. um I can tell you have a real heart for hmm. helping men become whole again because we know sex addiction does yeah. create brokenness. Um, hmm. How can they yeah. get a hold of you? Yeah. How can they get a hold of this program? Yeah, sure. So um, centerforhealingkc.com is our website, and then there's a My House tab on there. And mm-hmm. um, on that tab, you can get more information. You can give me a call actually goes through my admin and so you could give give her a call and then you should be able to get through to me she'll give me uh your number or whoever's number and then also 
um, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, email is admin at centerforhealingkc.com. And so um, that's the, uh, that's our email to, to connect with me. Yeah, and just to explain to our listening audience, it's Center for Healing KC, as in Kansas City, dot com, mm-hmm. and the email to be able to talk with Michael is admin at centerforhealingkc.com. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you've been doing this work for how long, Michael? <laughs> yeah, um, it's been it's been nine years now. Wow. So how old is your oldest? How old is your youngest? (laughs) Yeah, so um, the oldest set of twins, my step-boys, they're 19. And then my twins Mm -hmm. are 11. The youngest is five now. Let them know it's five years old. (laughs) Wow. You've got a lot on your plate. And, again, I passion in your voice. You really want to help people, and I bet you are a phenomenal father, too. Yeah. Oh, well, thank you. I, I do my best. I have to repair a lot. That word has like saved, saved my parenting, but, um, (laughs) I, I I love my kids. We do a lot of things together. So, you know, my, my wife at the dinner table sometimes is like, are are we in a group therapy session or why do we have to do highs and lows every (laughs) night when we have dinner? And so (laughs) sometimes I gotta, you know, I gotta tone it down. Can't do therapy with your family. Right. Well, I love, love, love that, and I'm telling you, you were so passionate when you reached out to our listserv to talk about what you were doing, and I said, I want to hear more about the program. I want my listening audience to know more about it, too. So as we begin to wrap up, what do you think makes this workshop different? Because you were first to admit there's a lot of good programming out there. What would make somebody say, this is the intensive for me. Yeah. You know, I would say with this, it's the people on it. Well, two things. One is, is our team. I actually, what was fascinating at the end of one of the workshops and we do an evaluation, one guy said the most powerful part was seeing the four of us, the four team members interact. Cause we just, we have a, a brotherhood and we live out recovery. We talk about our stories during the workshop and there's just a lot of humor on the workshop. We, we do have a lot of fun, and um, and the, the guys just this particular guy wasn't expecting that, and so um, man, with the opening talk with Father Sean Kilcally and Dr. Bowman, Psycho Ed, and I do a lot of the experiential work um, with the guys. Um, man, that is it's just not like any other uh, not like any other workshop, and then also the integrated spiritual part with how how we. Um, how we bring in faith and and try to uh, try to unpack how it's just that's been wounded as well over the years and um, and helping guys heal from that as well and so you said whole that word whole is it is definitely a passion of ours so yeah no kidding well thank you so much for sharing this yeah. approach and I would urge yeah. anybody again to go to Center for Healing KC as in KansasCity.com, and, and look for that tab that, that Michael was talking about that identifies my house workshop. And, Michael, just keep doing the good work you're doing. It's amazing. Hey, 
Yeah, I will. Thanks so much, Carol. You're welcome. Have a good day. All right. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay. So, again, he's worked with some of the masters. There is no doubt about it. And this workshop has been going on for, gosh, over eight years. So I'm sure they really know what they're doing. And, you know, when you've got that kind of well-oiled machine, uh, it, it becomes even more magical because you know what to expect, and yet every intensive is different. And it just kind of breeds a confidence about this work, and you could hear it in his voice. So I will see you next week for more Sex Help with Carol the Coach when we get to hear from a partner who was not only betrayed by her husband, but by her church. So we'll talk more later. And as I say at the end of every show, there will be one of you, only one of you, at all times. Fearlessly have the courage to be yourself. Make it a great day, and we'll see you next week for more Sex Health with Carol, the coach.